0: everybody doing well yeah did you guys enjoy worship it's pretty sweet wasn't it you can clap it's all if you're gonna clap clap don't just like is this really cool as we made it through without the fire alarms going off so we should celebrate that last night the fire alarms went off and, and this is how you know you're at an awesome church nobody moved like they just sat there like like the strobe lights are coming from the sidewalls now. I don't. I guess it's just part of it. But anyway, um, I have a question for you because it's Easter. How many of you? And this is a adults-only question. Um, I'm taking a survey. Need a poll, whatever. Because um, I've got some work to do at home. Um, and and I've got to I've got to convince Mary of something. How many of How many of you adults still get an Easter basket? Alright, so there's a few of us, right? There's a few, few spoiled ones of us. Um, I'm not one of them yet. I'm trying to convince Mary. I'm like, hey, if you're really nice, right, you'll get me an Easter basket. Like, if you really loved me. And so she was here last night, and, and I was kind of guilting her into that, but no Easter basket this morning. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe next year. Don't look at me like that. Like, seriously, like I'm all spoiled or whatever. Everybody here. Like, everybody. No matter what. No matter Christian, non-Christian, no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from, social, economical, any any of that stuff, I mean, you just, all of us here love it when people do nice things for us, right? I mean, isn't that just the way that it is, that we just want people to do nice things for us? Very few people get angry when you do something nice for them, right? The, the, the other morning, I was at McDonald's, I've been trying this year to eat really well, Stay away from fast food and stuff like that. I'm getting ready to go on vacation in a couple of weeks. And so I just had one of those moments where like McDonald's breakfast sounds good. How many of you are McDonald's breakfast fans? So yeah, you clap clapping woo for that. That's cool. So McDonald's breakfast. It just kinda sounded cool. And so I go over, but McDonald's was packed. You you understand the McDonald's here in our town, it is packed. And when it's packed, you probably should drive away, right? I mean you just you just know. And so I pulled in and I knew that I should leave. But I was so fixated on a big breakfast. Like, and I had in that moment, like this, I'm just just gonna commit, I'm gonna commit, I'm gonna commit, I'm gonna commit. Looks like the line's kinda moving, I'm just gonna go. So I pick the inside lane of the drive-through. Immediate mistake, because I was trapped. I couldn't go forward, I couldn't go backwards, and now the lines aren't moving. I'm sitting there forever. Now, I know when you look at me, you see a model of patience, but it's, it's really not. I, got, I finally got to the speaker, or actually close to the speaker, because the car in front of me didn't pull up quite far enough. You know what I'm talking about? And you're sitting there, and you're trying to like order, and they finally get in the line, and I pull up, and I'm at the speaker, but the lady at the speaker box didn't talk to me, and I literally watched three cars in the other line order and pull through. And I'm just like, like I'm melting on the inside. And so finally I got to order. I ordered a big breakfast with hot cakes, an extra hash brown, and a drink. And the lady said, oh, that'll be like $7.50 or something like that. By the time I got up to the window, I had legit been in line for 25 minutes. And as you can probably imagine, I was a little bit frustrated like I was upset I finally get up to the window and the lady at the window she's like sir the car in front of me or in front of you told me to tell you that they took care of your meal and I was like "Whoo! this is like the best day ever and and instantly I went from like fuming anger frustration to oh that's just great have you ever had that happen to you you ever you ever had that where maybe somebody paid something for you or you just you just change emotions like that to a happy side and, and she was like everybody's been doing it all morning long and so this was my thought I'm like you know what I should pay I should pay it forward if everybody's been doing it like that made me feel good I should take care of the car behind me and so I told her I was like you know what that's awesome this is like Easter week and everybody should be godly and everybody should be celebrating jesus and i'm just saying stuff and she's just kind of nodding along i'm like let me go ahead and get the car behind me and she smiled and she said okay and she pulled it up and she said that'll be 5720 this is mcdonald's right 5720 at mcdonald's now what i should have done as I should have looked in my rear view mirror. Because I, had I done that, just just being straight up pastorally honest with you, I wouldn't have done it. Because when I looked in the rear view mirror, I saw a mom with about 874 kids in her minivan and went none of them in seatbelts. And games are flying all over the place. And she's reaching into her purse trying to find it. And I'm just like, oh. And the lady at the window goes, are you sure? And I said, my license plate says Reverend on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be the one to break the chain, and uh, And so I'm like, yes. Yeah, so and just tell her when she comes up that somebody took care of it for her. It was crazy, but every single one of us have probably had that type of experience where somebody maybe it wasn't in, in a drive-through line or maybe it wasn't a food thing, but we've all had that experience where somebody took care of something for us and when they took care of it for us, whatever that that was, it was super awesome and it made us feel great. Now the reason I, I bring that up is because this has been a crazy year. Easter to Easter, like we've seen a lot of things change. We've seen like well, like we've never seen, I guess, a, a, a global pandemic on this scale. And we still get different reports every day. Right? Still different things. Need to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Friday I was at an event had thousands and thousands of people at it. There was one mask. One referee wore a mask the entire day. And, and it's just like, what is what is even going on? Six feet apart, nine feet apart, three feet apart, no feet apart. If I get vaccinated, do I still have to follow the guidelines? Like, it is it is so confusing, the world that we live in right now. And with all of that comes incredible uncertainty. Like, what's going to happen in the future? Like, like what is legitimately going to happen we know people who have lost their jobs there are people who are wondering will anything ever be normal again I mean the level of anxiety and worry and fear in our country today it's it's kind of like that mom in the minivan with all those kids it's it's just absolutely crazy and it's chaos all around us and, and we're like we can't get control of it we can't understand what's going on and what in the world do we do when things are seemingly out of control and you know what I've discovered, and this is just really on a personal note, that personal problems don't take a back seat when pandemics dominate the world, right? Like like relationship problems, financial problems, emotional problems. I, I read the other day that suicide prevention hotlines had their calls have had their calls increase 450 percent over the past year. People are dealing with stress and anxiety and worry, and if we can be honest, fear. And doubt in a time of uncertainty and if all of that weren't enough let, let's just be honest because we're in church there's spiritual problems right we have spiritual problems because there are people maybe maybe people in here right now that you're strong in your faith and and over the past year you haven't really been so strong and maybe you've wondered it is God really in control? is this really God's plan is this really God's purpose? Is, is this really what God would want for, is this real, I mean, I mean, things are going so crazy. Why, how could God, where is God in the midst of all this? There are churches that are closed. There are churches that may never reopen again. Is that really God's purpose and God's plan? Like, what is going on? God, what are you doing? And I believe with all my heart that God wants me to let somebody know this weekend, and, and I don't know who this is for. This has been for me all week long, and it started, in that line at McDonald's. Uh, I've been studying this, but God really, really, really has been speaking this into me. And so I just want to let somebody know, that thing that you're worried about, that thing that has you stressed out, that thing that has you completely freaked out, the thing that you're worried about, the thing that's causing you insecurities, the thing that's causing you all this anxiety, I I believe that God wants me to tell you that the message of Easter is this. Because of the empty tomb, you can understand, I took care of it. Because the tomb is empty, you can hold on to the hope of, hey, I took care of it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, you mean he's going to take care of it, right? No, 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 no. I don't mean he's going to take care of it. He has already taken care of it because God is outside of time. He's already been there. He's already ordained the steps of our lives. God has already taken care of it. Now, I don't know today. I don't know what you brought in here with you. I don't know what has you weighed down. I don't know what has you freaked out. I understand it is a really big deal. I would never minimize anything that's going on in anybody's life. I would never tell you, hey, just get over it, deal with it, none of that stuff. I'm not doing any of that. But what I want to do and what I want you to know is that we serve a God who is able, and he's able to do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. And I feel like he wants you to understand today, hey, I took care of it. I took care of it. Whatever it is that you're going through, you need to understand, I took care of it. Now, I'm gonna show you this in a story in the Gospel of Mark. And I love this story because there are some things in this story that all of us can completely identify with. I'm real quick, what has happened leading up to this story is Jesus has been arrested, he's been beaten, he's been crucified, he's dead. They've put him in the tomb, and they've sealed up the tomb. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 says this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James. Those are two different Marys. There's Marys all over the Bible. That was like the generic name. They didn't have Google to figure out cool baby names back then, so they just named everybody Mary, I guess. Mary Magdalene married the mother of James, and Salami bought spices. So, 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 I don't. You read it the way you want to read it. I'll read it the way I want to but spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Now, now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten something wrong? If you're a married man right now, you need to say yes. Like, yes, just yes, just yes. Have you ever got something wrong? Yes, there we go. <laughs> All of us in this room understand what it's like to get something wrong. We, we know what that is like. And let's be honest. We know what it's like to get something wrong in our relationship with God, don't we? Like we understand, there are no perfect people, all of us, at some point in some way, shape, form, or fashion, have screwed up in our relationship with jesus that that's our story that's not just my story that's that's our story, and it's the story of these three ladies as well because l- look at this again when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that m- they might go to anoint jesus' body. This is a colossal failure. You know why? Well, let me back up. Jesus told his closest followers. These ladies would be considered to be part of his closest followers. Jesus told his his closest followers five times. Five times. How many times? Five times. Five times times he told them, hey, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be put on trial. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be put into a tomb, but I'm going to rise again. Going to be arrested, put on trial, crucified, buried, rise again. He told them that how many times? Five times. Now, if I tell you something one time, it's kind of important. If I tell you something twice, you had better get it right. But if I tell you something five times and you don't get it, I'm probably going to choke you out. Jesus told them five times, I'm going to rise from the dead. And so the question is this. Did these three ladies believe Jesus? Did they take him at his word? Yes or no? No. And we know that because had they taken him at his word, they would have gone and bought party balloons rather than burial spices. That'd be weird, showing up at a funeral with party balloons, isn't it? Woohoo! Get well soon. Like I, I don't. That's. Cr- but these ladies, like they didn't take Jesus at his word. Have you ever had a hard time taking Jesus at his word? I have. I know we're not supposed to say that in church. I know we're not supposed to say, hey, I've wrestled with doubt. I know we're not supposed to say that, but I'm telling you, I've wrestled with doubt. I have. These ladies wrestled with doubt. They doubted the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. He told them five times. And I'm just going to let you know something. If they doubted of course we're gonna doubt. Having doubt does not make us bad people. It makes us human beings. And the only way to really deal with doubt is to get it out. Because if we hold it in and we're fake, oh, I'm so strong in my relationship with Jesus, everything is so good. If we hold it in, we crumble from the inside, like every time. These ladies, they doubted Jesus and they didn't take him at his word. And another thing, let me, let me ask you this. Did they have faith, yes or no? No. No faith. Now, this is what we're told in church. If you don't ever doubt the word of God, if you always take Jesus at his word and you have faith, you will always, always be blessed. Blessings in abundance will come out. Your storehouse will overflow. Now, number one, I wish that were true. Number two, I don't know anybody. Who does those three things on a consistent basis and and neither do you and and we're told we're told if we don't do those things we never get to see the miracle and I want to show you where that's a little bit off because Jesus walked out of the tomb and that empty tomb proves to us he took care of it what does he take care of Ryan everything I love it where the scripture says that when we are faithless he remains faithful God's love and God's work do not depend on our performance, period. It it just doesn't. God's love is not based on our performance. Verse 2, look at this. Very early on the first day of the week, very early, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. Anybody in here a morning person? Anybody want to just admit you're a morning person? I'm not. I'm not really a morning person at all. We should not have a conversation until I get some sort of caffeine in me in the morning. if Once I got that, it's, it's going to be an okay conversation. It gets better throughout the day as I, as I get more in me. And Anybody else like that? Anybody else? Okay, we're the normal ones because there are hyper-morning people. And so if, if you're not like the non-morning person, you're hyper-morning. You ever met a hyper-morning person? You ever met them? They're like, oh, my gosh, good morning. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to get the day started. Oh, what do you got for me? What can Non-morning people, just asking for a friend. Don't you want to just backhand them? <laughs> I'm not saying do it. There might be a verse in the Bible somewhere that you could twist, and you can, if you find that, tell it to me, right? But there are morning, and there are non-morning people. We get that. But how we start our day really does matter. How we start the journey really does matter. So I I believe that if you start off good, there's a good possibility of it going well. And so the first thing that they do, I'm not really sure what they, what they wanted their day to ultimately look like. This would not be my routine. But the way that they started off their day is just after sunrise, they went to the tomb. Now, let me ask you a question. This is not a trick question. This is an easy question. What were they expecting to find at the tomb? Dead body, right? If I told you we're going to the cemetery today, you would expect... Dead people to be there. Yes or no? Yes. If I go to see Larry's grave, I'm not expecting to see Larry dancing on the grave. If we go there and Larry's like, dancing on the grave that wanted me down. Like, I'm taking off, man. I'm messing my pants. I'm taking off running. I'm diving under my bed, grabbing a gun. So when Larry walks in, I could double tap him. That's what I'm doing. Like, uh, dead people are in the tomb, that's what you expect to see. And so don't miss this, they don't believe Jesus, they don't take him in his word, they have no faith and they have no expectation. How can these ladies even be considered Christians? I mean, to have that kind of attitude, I mean, aren't we we told all the time, you can't have that type of attitude if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus. Have you ever been told that? Have you ever been told, and and, and, and I know you have if you've been coming here for any amount of time because I have taught you this, The reason that we don't get any revelation is because we seldom have any expectation. Um, Lately, I've been really rethinking that statement because you know what? Some of the greatest work that God has ever done on the planet is when people never saw it coming. These ladies had no expectation, no faith, no anticipation, no belief, doubted Jesus at his word, and then verse 3 happens. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? Now, now this is like a legit question. Like like it it, it would have been a legitimate question had it really been an issue, but they were talking about something in their mind that was impossible. Like in their mind that they, they were they were making up scenarios of what could possibly go wrong. H- have you ever done that? You ever done that made up scenarios and taken it to the the worst place that that Jesus has ever even been. For, for me, it happens late at night when I hear a noise in my house. Nighttime noises freak me out. My mind just goes to the worst possible scenario. Somebody's in the house, Mary. somebody trying to kill us. Kids, get the guns. We're gonna die tonight. Well, one time, this, honest to God, true story. We had just moved to Carroll. About two in the morning, we heard a noise. We walked downstairs into the kitchen there's glass all over the floor. A light bulb had exploded. A light bulb had exploded. I'm like, man, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Mary said, what causes a light bulb to explode? I said, I don't know. I Googled, what causes light bulb to explode? First post, ghost. Mary called a hotel. We're gone. We are moving back to Indy in the morning. We are out of, like, like when I start going down a rabbit hole, in my mind, I start making up scenarios that don't exist. This is crazy. Like, like, <laughs> ghosts. Like, crazy. And that's what we tend to do in our spiritual lives as well. We tend to be on our way somewhere. We're taking our next steps. We tend to be on our way into our journey, and, and we we tend to invent scenarios and and situations and, and, and obstacles and roadblocks that don't even exist. Like we're inventing problems that, that we think God hasn't even thought of yet. Not remembering that God is in control. And that because the tomb is empty, we can be reminded that he took care of it. And so these ladies are walking and they're talking about a problem. And they're like, hey, who's going to roll away the stone? Once again, did they believe that Jesus was alive when they were going to the tomb? Yes or no? No. Did they have faith that God's word would come true? Yes or no? No, did they have a sense of anticipation or expectation that they were about to see a miracle, yes or no? No, instead they were obsessed with the obstacle that was in their way. Now it's legit, it's a a heavy stone. Some scholars say it was a ton, some scholars say it was two tons. No matter how big it was, it was big and it was a problem and there was no way that these three ladies were gonna be able to move it. But don't miss it. They were more obsessed with the obstacle that was in their way than the opportunity to see a miracle. And I'm not cracking on them because I've been in that very same place before, and so have you. What's the obstacle that you can't seem to get a past? What is it? It's the obstacle in your life that you can't seem to get past. Well, let's just talk about that one, the past. Some of us, some of us have a problem getting over the past. For some of us, the past is an obstacle, isn't it? I mean, it is for me. And, and, and during the last year, as things have been shut down and we haven't been able to travel and, and do as much stuff and go to as many events and do all that stuff, people have said, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, like, I, I, have wanted, I have wanted to, like, legitimately throat punch people who have said this. And so if you've said this to me as you were saying it, um, this is the thought that is in my mind. I want to punch you in the throat right now, like, legit. <laughs> people have said this to me so many times. Well, you know, Pastor, you should just take this time to reflect. Well, you should take some time to kiss my. Uh, no, I didn't say that. But I'm thinking it. I don't want to reflect. Anybody else? I'm done reflecting. All right. I don't like reflecting because reflecting. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not all the way against it. But you know, too much reflecting can lead to regret. Do, do you know that? Yes. We should. We should learn from the past. We should learn from our past mistakes. But we should live in the future because when we live in the past, we have no future. And so the past, for some of us, is an obstacle, and Jesus wants somebody to know today, I took care of it. I took care of the thing that keeps you up at night. I took care of the thing that you regret. I took care of the thing or the things that you can't seem to get past. I took care of it. I took care of it then. It's taken care of now. It's taken care of tomorrow. It's taken care of the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. I took care of it. That addiction, the abuse, the whatever that has dominated your life, he took care of it. What obstacles? What obstacles are you obsessed with? Because this is what I know from personal experience and from the Bible. When we're obsessed with obstacles, we lose sight of the opportunities that God has for us. When we're obsessed with obstacles, we lose sight of the opportunities that God has for us. Now, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to miss out. But for me personally, I would rather focus on the opportunities Than the obstacles in the way anybody else with me on that now see this this is the thing that other people say well obstacles only exist for ungodly people Uh uh-uh i'm just gonna throw this out here because it's easter um the cross was pretty much an obstacle for jesus and he was god in the flesh so that whole idea of bad things don't happen to good people crucifixion kind of rules that out jesus proves to us that obstacles can actually become opportunities because Mark says, says this, and once again, keep in mind, these ladies, no faith, didn't take Jesus at his word, no expectation, focused on the obstacles, and then something happens, verse four, but when they looked up, when they looked up, when they looked up, that is huge, huge, huge. When they looked up, when they looked up, their focus changed, which all of us need that from time to time. This week, true story, I had I had one of the biggest crises of my entire life it lasted for about seven minutes my world fell completely apart I didn't know what to do I didn't know who to call I was hopeless I was just completely lost my internet went out that's what happened my my Wi-Fi crashed I'm like my God my God why has all forsaken me I'm trying to study like I was freaking out because my wifi was down. If you've ever had your Wi-Fi go down, that's not good. I'm literally losing my mind. And, and then I had this thought, now, now every time this happens, every time like something techie breaks, I call people. And I call people, I get transferred like 11 times, put on hold, and finally the person comes back on and they're always like, okay sir, have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, sir, would you mind unplugging it? And I just hang up on them at that point. And so the other day, in the middle of freaking out, because listen. I was freaking out. Again, I know you can't see that in me at all, but I was. I was all the way freaking out. And I had this thought you know what? All the smart people talk about unplugging it and plugging it back in. And so I just had this thought go downstairs, Ryan, unplug it, and plug it back in. So I went downstairs, unplugged it, counted the 10, because they always tell you to count the 10, counted the 10, plugged it back in, and it worked. Wi Fi fixed. I'm like, woohoo! to go work at Microsoft, like problem solved, because I paused for a second, and I thought about it, I was able to get reconnected, that's one of the reasons I believe we need church, that's one of the reasons I believe that we need the Bible, that's one of the reasons I believe we need each other, because as we're wrestling with our faith, and we're wrestling with uncertainty, and we're wrestling with doubt, and we're wrestling with fear, and we're wrestling with anxiety, and we're wrestling with insecurities, we need to learn how to pause, unplug for a second, look up and be connected look up not look down not look back not look around not look side to side but look up psalm 121 says i look up to the mountains does my help come from there no my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth i look up not to the side not not down not around i look up to the mountains the last time i was in colorado um i would look at the mountains and i was reminded of this scripture and i can imagine the guy Who wrote this psalm, just looking and staring at the mountains and said, Man, I'm going to look up. I'm not going to look at my problems. I'm not going to look at what's going on. I'm going to look up at the mountains. I mean, even the mountains are smart enough to be pointing up. The mountains are pointing to something greater, to someone greater than anything that I'm wrestling with. I'm going to look up. And today, I hope that no matter how much uncertainty is going on in your life, no matter how much craziness is happening no matter how much you're wrestling with faith or how much you're wrestling with doubt or how much you're wrestling with worry or fear I I, I just hope that for a second that you can look up and you can understand that there is a God who is in complete control and he really can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine and we get that and we understand that because the empty tomb tells us he took care of everything because don't miss this these ladies who had no faith who, who did not believe Jesus in, in, in his word, who had no expectation, no anticipation, who, who according to a lot of people probably shouldn't even be included in the story. These ladies, the rest of the verse says, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. In other words, when they got there, Jesus was saying, I took care of it. I took care of it. The thing that had you worried this entire time, the whole way here, I took care of it. And these three ladies, don't don't miss this. These ladies who were filled with doubt and filled with fear and discouragement and disbelief, these ladies got a front row seat to the greatest miracle that's ever happened in the history of the world, the resurrection. And so let me say again, having uncertainty, not knowing if you believe anymore, That doesn't disqualify you from seeing a miracle. And for those of you who are really freaked out about the future, this is what I know. He's already taken care of it. He's already taken care of it. But Ryan, what about the economy? He's already taken care of it. But Ryan, what about he's already taken care of it? He took care of our sin. He took care of our shame. He took care of our guilt. He took care of the blame that gets put on us. He took care of our sorrow. He took care of the faults that condemn us. He took care of it. He took care of you. He's taking care of you. He took care of everything. He really will take care of us. No matter how uncertain our future is, we have a God who is in complete control. The ladies get there, and the stone is rolled away, and they understand. He took care of it. Now, if that's where the story ended, we'd have a story of a great teacher who did some great things, who, who did some really cool miracles, but then just vanished off the planet. But watch this, verse 5. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Now, I love this verse. The reason I love it is if you study angels in the Bible, angels always have an assignment. They have to go here. They're assigned to this type of worship. they got to do this. they got to go here. they got to go to this person to deliver this message to this person, this group of people. But I love the angel in this text right here. I don't know what this dude's full assignment was, but when he rolled back the stone, he's like, huh, you know what? I'm just going to kick back. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to watch this because this is going to be sweet. I got a front row seat to the most important event that's ever going to happen in the entire world, the resurrection. The Son of God is going to get up, and he's going to walk out of this thing. And so this angel is sitting there, and in verse 6 says this, Don't be alarmed, he said. And, and, and I think that's another message that God has for somebody here today. He wants you to know. He knows where you are. He knows what the struggle is. He knows about the fear, the anxiety, the worry. He knows about the uncertainty. He knows what you're going through, and he wants you to know, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. The resurrection, church, is the reason that you and I can have hope. He is not here. He is risen. I want you to listen to me. Jesus has never abandoned anything except an empty grave. He's still with you. He still loves you. He's still got a plan and a purpose for your life. And so for those of you in this room who feel overwhelmed, I understand. But in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, everybody say in Christ. In Christ, we can overcome. We overcome. Because with two planks and three nails, he took care of our sin. We overcome because an empty tomb reminds us that he took care of it. And our Redeemer lives. And because our Redeemer lives, we can face tomorrow. Because our Redeemer lives, we can face anything that the world throws at us. And that's the message, not just of Easter, but for every single day of our lives. Our Redeemer lives.